Hey, day doers, before we jump in to this episode, I was so blessed to have an amazing person, Ariana Robinson-Dankwa, who was on this show as a guest, read a clip from my book while interviewing me on her show today, and I had to add this in to Michelle's episode. So before we jump in, here is Ariana Robinson-Dankwa of Workplace Lab reading a quote from my upcoming book, The 50-75-100 Solution, Build Better Relationships, which is available right now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any number of places. You can pre-order it at 50-75-100.com slash pre-order. You can get a link to everything. So here is that quote and a little bit of the reaction that Ariana had as she took in the message. Here it is. I'm quoting from The 50-75-100 Solution. Uh, by Brian Falchuk, and it says, the simple, most important first step to changing the dynamics is not convincing the other person that they are wrong or that you are right, but instead seeking to understand what they really want and focusing on that instead of how they are treating or mistreating you. This is an active, conscious, repetitive step you must take. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I know when, when you hear somebody else's success story, it's easy to think, oh my gosh, it was easy for them, or I could never do that, or yeah, look, Brian did it, but well, I can't. And it's really easy to hear somebody else say, you can do it. Well, that, that, that's not it either, but you have to show up every day. You have to put the effort in to make the changes even as small as they start or as big as changes as you want, but you have to show up every day game ready and ready to play. And like I said earlier, you don't have to be 100% every day, but you have to come to the game. That's Michelle Bronson, and I'm Brian Felchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. That is a weird way to say it, but I'm going with it anyway because self-love. Um, I have such a beautiful guest on the show this is Michelle Bronson. Michelle and I are part of the same podcast group led by uh, Justin Shank and the amazing Adam Shibley. Not that Justin isn't amazing too. Anyway, moving on. It's not about either of them. We're in this group and Michelle was talking about launching her podcast and looking for guests. And I was like, ooh, ooh, me, me, when I heard what her show was about. And we just hit it off. It took us a little while to get to record but once we did it was on and we just had such a deep connection and she gave me this teeny little taste of her story and I was like wait a second you need to be on my show and so we set up a call and she told me much more she's never been a guest on a show she's talked about it on her show but she's never been interviewed yet and she started sharing with me and I was like this is amazing this is super inspiring and this needs to come out so I am unbelievably honored to get to be the first person to interview Michelle Bronson and have her share her journey through chronic illness back into wellness. And uh, she's going to do that for us today, but quickly who she is. Michelle is a wife, a mom, a gym owner, a personal trainer, and an amazing, strong, inspiring woman. 
in Idaho, in Coeur d'Alene. She uh, has been at this health and wellness game for a long time and was pretty serious with her own training until she couldn't be anymore. She was uh, strength training and was really intense. For those of you who know what Gonzaga is, it's a D1 university, super uh, famous and productive or, or successful, I should say, uh, athletics program. She was training with their strength coach, like the real deal. She knew what she was doing. And then she couldn't even complete a push-up one day. And I'm not going to tell you any more of the story because she needs to tell it to you. So with that, we're going to jump into the episode with the incredible Michelle Bronson. Michelle Bronson, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really, really excited to have you. Oh, Brian, thanks for having me here today. This is this has been a long time coming, and you're the first person that's going to hear this story. I was just going to ask if we can out that this is your first time flipping the mic around as a guest. It, it is, and it's kind of awkward, not going to lie, being on the other side of this um, and and coming clean with all the details of everything that's gone on in my life in the last 10 years, I haven't put it out there yet. Yeah. Well, I'm really thankful that you are. Um, your story is exactly what the show is all about. And kind of ironically, your story is what your show is about. And you're it, not it, telling it your is. story there. So just... I, I I told most of it. Yeah. But there's there's some details I have a feeling you're you're going to dig into here in the next 45 minutes. All right. Well, we will definitely get into that. Give us the high level of what you do today. I am a personal trainer slash gym owner, and I have been in that profession for 25 years now. Wow. Um, you can add sports nutritionist, aka life coach, psychologist, a little bit of mental therapy, you name it. There's a bunch of reasons why people come to the gym, and when you've been there that long, you've kind of been there, done that. Yeah. Our job is to make sure that as you come in the door, we give you an assessment and we'll make sure that you leave in a better place mm. than, than when you, and you, you might need just a walk around the block or you might need a, a heck of a workout, but it's my job to know what you need. Yeah. I, I have this desire to say it's like a bartender, but in a healthy way, but like the sense of you kind of get You're to exactly know people, right. you learn their story or maybe like a, a, a barber or hairdresser. Maybe that's a better analogy than somebody I'm going to go with alcohol. bartender because maybe it's like we, a green been, juice bar. Been, we, there you go. <laughs> like, I just feel weird saying alcohol when we're talking about a gym, but well, we we've been dubbed the cheers okay. of Portland, Idaho. Yeah. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. And you guys are home to a serious Ironman triathlon competition. Cause that's we one of the ones that pretty fierce yeah, Ironman. That's one of the ones that I've been eyeing. Um, if I'll, I I'll do an Ironman, that's up. the one I want to do. The water's cold. Yeah, that's what I hear. The water's cold. That's the, the worst part. The The bike's long. You can hack it. The run is good, but the water's cold. Mm. I feel like many of them are like that, but that's that's another show. That's a whole other <laughs> show, but we can take that another road later. All right. So I, the context of what you do today actually is is really related to your whole story and so much of the struggle. Um, we, I don't usually do the like briefing call beforehand, but it was great to get into more of the ins and outs of your story. And I just kept, you know, I'm, I'm a certified personal trainer as well. And just thinking about if I was that when I was in the midst of my obesity, would anyone want to train with me? Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, so whatever, it, it all just started to click for me personally, but 
I'm not here to tell your story. You are. So take us back. Like you were super fit, hardcore, like what yep. paint that old school picture of, of where you were at from a fitness standpoint. So we're going to go pre 2010. Okay. And I was training with the head strength and conditioning coach, Gonzaga university, a D one school for those of you that don't know Gonzaga. And I was training with him four to five days a week and we were rocking it. We were strong. We were spelt. We were fast. We were lean. Everything was going fantastic. And then I kind of noticed a decline in my workouts. Like, was I overtraining? Was I not getting enough sleep? Was I not getting enough hydration? Like, like what was going on? And it, it crashed fast. And I remember this, this one workout where I was doing an exercise, just some push-ups with the medicine ball, things I'd done a million times before. And I couldn't do them. I just didn't have the strength to get up off the floor. And I just collapsed on the floor in tears, hmm. just crying because I couldn't do a push-up. Hmm. But it was more than I couldn't do a push-up. Yeah. That was my first signal that something was really wrong. And then I noticed the spiral of my attitude, my mood, you could call it depression. I'm not sure exactly where or how it started, but I, I literally got to that point where I was like, I could step in front of that bus or I could mm. step in front of that train and I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I was not okay with it. <laughs> that no. was not going to happen. And you, you're a mom at this point. I'm a mom. Your was what, like five or six at the time? She was a little bit older. Yeah. yeah, she was just coming on 10. Okay. Oh, so I was way off. Very much. It's all right. She was born in 2000. She's five um, or six. She's just another five or six. That's all. She's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two five or sixes. Yeah. <laughs> but she was, she was old enough to kind of see some, some changes in me, but yet young enough to not really know mm. why is mom upset? Yeah. Why, you know, or what's, what's going on? So enter, um, first physician number one with a diagnosis of Hashimoto's disease in 2010. So w did that diagnosis come right off the bat? Or it, were you kind of passed around? No one knew what was going on. Like how, how quickly did you, did someone put a finger on what was going on? Probably a couple months in the, the very first doctor I went to see, um, tagged the hypothyroidism, like, mm -hmm. Oh, your thyroid's off here. Take some Synthroid, go away. And, and it wasn't working. It wasn't getting any better. So I started in with a few others and, and came across within that first, you know, few months of the actual correct testing to diagnose the Hashimoto's disease. Mm. And for those of you that don't know what Hashimoto's disease is, it's, <laughs> yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah. When, when you're, there's, there's antibodies inside your, your, inside your body and they, they're there to protect you. And for some reason with Hashimoto's, your, those antibodies attack your thyroid. They think your thyroid is bad juju. It's out to get you. And they're protecting you from your thyroid. Mm. My antibodies destroyed my thyroid. There's, it's not there. It took doctor after doctor, after endocrinologist, after naturopath, after, um, Oh gosh, all of them, uh, acupuncture, you, mm. you name it. If it was within 300 miles, I went to go see this person that said they could cure me a Hashimoto's. There's no cure. Yeah. You can't, you can't bring my thyroid back, yeah. <laughs> but I was told that they were going to fix this. Right. And everywhere I went, I was mm. 
very excited, new doctor, new medicines, new, we're going to try this routine or, you know, enter X, Y, Z. Yeah. And none of them worked. Imagine that. I was a pin cushion for 10 years, every six weeks running my labs to try and get those numbers to level out. That's for, for people who don't, don't know about that. It's not just like you just take the pill, whatever that one pill is and you're good. You're, you're trying to replicate what your body would have been doing on its own. And that's not an easy thing to do because your activity levels, your metabolism, all these other factors, things you're eating, the atmosphere, like the environment you're in, all kinds of things, your sleep patterns. Oh gosh, it all comes what into you play. Need. Yeah. And, and it takes a little while to adjust. So you don't even know if you've gotten the right level for some time. Exactly. And, and there's, you know, several different kinds of thyroid medication out there, the synthetic kind, the natural kind, there's different combinations you can do. We were trying everything. It seems like every time I went to the doctor, we were changing mm. something and which led me to start asking questions like how, how do I know if I'm going to level out? If every time I come see you, I'm changing things, yeah. but that, but that's what the doctor said I was supposed to do. So that's what you do. They're medical professionals. You're going there because you trust their judgment and you trust that they're going to put you on the right path. And so I did what they said. Yeah. They said that I was supposed to rest. I was supposed to, um, not stress my body Yeah. I, and, and pay close attention. Don't, don't stress it out by, um, <clears throat> I want to say getting hungry, but don't, don't fast, don't starve it. Yeah. If, if you're tired, take a nap. Yeah. Don't, don't do extracurricular activities. Don't work out. Don't stress the muscle, the muscles or the system in any way. You need to heal and recover from the inside out. Okay. That's what they told me to do. That's what I was going to do. So you, well, I was just going to ask like, where's, where's your sense of self in all this? Because it, it's like you're putting your faith in these people. Where's your sense of whether you know your body or, or maybe this is, maybe you did and now this is kind of throwing all that into question because your body's sort of deceiving you in a sense. Exactly. That was exactly right. I was like, how can this be happening? To, to me, I haven't done anything to cause my system to attack itself. Yeah. If you, and you know like, your stuff, like this is your space. This is my space, yeah. my world. Yeah. But, but the medical professionals are telling me I, I need to follow the, these know their directions. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to follow their directions. I did what they were supposed to do. I put all of my inner vibes and my inner voice to, to bed, to quiet because I had a new direction. I was now labeled yeah. with Hashimoto's disease. Yeah. So I did what we all do. You join the Facebook groups, you, you jump on some chat rooms and, and you start being part of the team, mm-hmm. right? Part of the part of the Hashimoto's team. There's a saying that, that I live by that says you are the sum of the five people you hang around the most. Yeah. Well, I was hanging in some groups a lot and I was absorbing their general thought process of I'm too tired to go to work. Yeah. I'm too tired to take care of my children. I can't, I can't, I can't. And that's all I was hearing as a reading and reading and reading was, I can't, I can't, I can't. So I was like, oh my God, I better not. Yeah. I better not. I better, I better, I'll just go to work, go home, sleep for three or four hours, get up and do bed or breakfast or dinner. Yeah. I get up and do dinner and then go to bed again yeah. and get up the next day and go to work. And that's it. Just go to work and, and don't do anything else. So I did that for nine years. 
go to work is not so simple. It's your own business. You're also your husband's on the road quite a bit, right? So you're yes, kind of single AKA mom. AKA single, yep, yeah, yep. And and your your business is not around the corner, right? You get a little commute on yeah, your hands to get there, a or? little hour commute to get there. Yeah. Yep. So it's like every everything I asked you when we were catching up the other day and like learning. I'm like, I I don't understand how you got through that, and we're also able to like. To do what the doctors were saying almost doesn't, it doesn't fit with your life at all, with the demands on your life. So did, did it ever cross your mind, like, I can't sustain this lifestyle and to like cool off? Because you're, you're, I mean, you're still going, even at a bare minimum, it's a lot. Right. My, my bare minimum is, is more than a lot of people's bare minimum. Yeah. But, but I kind of had no choice. You know, like, like you had mentioned, my husband is out of town very frequently and it's just me and my daughter and, and I didn't have a choice. I have a business to run. I have people depending on me here. I have my daughter depending on me at home that there was not a choice Mm. to not at least show up at that bare minimum level. Yeah. Like I've, I've got to at least come face value. So I did. And in that nine years of, you know, tying the shoes up and getting to the gym and, yeah. and getting home, I managed to put on 70 pounds. Hmm. So back the train up for just a second. Yeah. 70, 70 pounds, gym owner, personal trainer. Yeah. Problem. Problem. Yeah. Problem. Um, here's the cool part. Well, I don't know if it's a cool part. Maybe not the right word. None of my clients, none of my gym members, none of my trainers, nobody once took me aside and said, <clears throat> Hey, Michelle. Yeah. So I have, so I have a question for you, right? None of them did. Yeah. But I had my own judgments every day. I was stepping foot into my gym as a gym owner, as a personal trainer being heavy. Yeah. Every day I was asking myself, who's going to want to train with me? Nobody's going to want to walk through the door and say, Hey, I want a personal trainer, but I don't, not that one. I don't, I don't want to train with that one. Yeah. I don't want to look like her. And to be honest, I didn't get very many new clients in that time period. I have a lot of, of very tried and true clients that have stuck with me and, and they got their results and everything is, is fine in their world, but I really didn't get very many new clients. Yeah. And kind of like we had talked about earlier before we hit record was I wasn't really putting myself out there either. Yeah. I wasn't out trying to advertise. I wasn't out hitting the health fairs. I wasn't, you know, being visible in in the community because of my weight and how I looked. And here here I was presenting myself as a personal trainer or would have been as a personal trainer and, and I was heavy. Yeah. So every day having that bit of judgment added to the stressors of, of Hashimoto's and everything else I was dealing with dang near squashed me. Yeah. That emotional burden is massive. It's massive. Yeah. And, and here, our brains are magical. My brain had convinced myself that I was strong. I was actually in better condition than most female 40 somethings in my age group in our area. I was stronger than them. I was faster than them. I was conditioned, um, just because of my background simply. And I convinced myself for many years that that was enough. That was okay. That was, I, I was still a personal trainer. I was strong and yeah. Okay. So I was a little bit fluffy, but maybe, 
that was the way it was going to be. That was a card I was dealt. Yeah. Yeah. No time to change cards. Yeah. Time to change cards. So I, it's kind of funny before we go on to that, that next card that reminds me of something we, we call, and as a trainer, you probably are familiar with this too. It's called the trainer's curse. And we are expected, and there's other professions too, but as personal trainers, you're expected to always be fit, conditioned, happy, yeah, ready, ready to take on the world every single day, no matter what is going on in your life. Yeah. And do that for 25 years every single day. It, it beats down on you. Yeah. You know, and, and you, it's your job to take those 12 clients that you have for the day or however many you have and make sure that they they leave the gym better than they walked in the door. And, yeah. and it does take a toll on us yep. personally. Yep. And, and so working that trainer's curse a little bit in that time frame too, I was like, Oh, well, yeah, that there's more judgment there because they expect me to be perfect every mm. single day. Did you not share what was going on with you with anybody? I shared a, a Oh yes. A little to those who asked. Yeah. Not, not everybody asks. I'm, I'm not, I'm not one to just indulge information to my yeah. clients unless they ask. Yeah. I mean, if, if they generally want to know, yeah, I'll, I'll share. Probably not a whole lot of details. Enough that they knew that the, the thyroid was the issue and it was, you know, causing me some difficulties. Yeah. Um, so I, I challenged you when we were talking about this beforehand about if it was, you know, not putting yourself out there, the, the people like judging you for how you looked and being like, Oh, well, she can't help me. She can't even help herself. Um, it's exactly what I said in my yeah. head. Well, so that's what I challenged you on is like, how much was that real? And how much was that really going on? And, and you shared like actually small town word travels, people were saying things, but it, I mean, it was you and mm -hmm. it actually it was, was playing out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, you know, you kind of have like AKA fear or whatever it is in the back of your head, but you think they're not really saying that about me, but yet you think, yeah, they are saying that about me. And then when you yeah. find out as word travels in a small town, they are saying that about you. Yeah. And, and you want to talk about just the Debbie Downer the day that that happened was like, holy smokes. It's like my fears came true. They're handed to you on a plate. Like, yep. Yeah. So-and-so said this. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so and so's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's not wrong. It's just hard to hear. Well, that's what, you know, there's always a reason why they're making that statement and what's going on with them. But right. when when you look at yourself and like, yeah, you know, they're insecure, or they're having whatever issues or they're going through this and so they're lashing or whatever reason they may have for behaving that way, you look down and you're like, you know, but I mean, you know, uh, growing up that way, everything everybody called me was right. I didn't like it. They're, you know, they have their own reasons why they behave that way. But like, then I would take that comment back to the mirror or like, yeah. you know, back when I went to get changed or whatever at the end of the day. And I'm like, yeah, but they're right. And that, that just made it hit so much harder. And when that voice is playing in your head, it's just like, it's that reinforcement that the voice is right. And so it's oh, really loud. Voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that voice just hits repeat sometimes yeah. for months or years at, on end. It, it's it's awful. And, and you lived it and I lived it and I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. Yeah. 
God, that wasn't my job though. And so I'm like, it must be 10 times worse because so much more, uh, so much more is riding on it. It's like, no one's judging me for being fat relative to what I do every day. Right. Right. And you want to talk about feeling like a failure or a, 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 fake person, if you will, or putting up a front. Yeah. Well, the imposter huh? syndrome. Imposter, big time imposter yeah, syndrome. Yeah. If I can't do it, how am I going to help them? Yeah. Well, I was, I'm really good at what I do. I mean, I was, my, my clients wouldn't have still been with me if I wasn't getting their results. Yeah. But I definitely wasn't getting new clients. Yeah. Definitely not. For a really so long t- time. I say it took nine years. Yeah. It took nine years and took until January, 2019 when, um, my current physician who was kind of an acquaintance of mine and her and I had gotten kind of close and, and she knows I had a uh, love hate relationship with the old scale Mm -hmm. at the doctor's office. And so I didn't really have to get on every time I went. In fact, I hadn't been on in quite a while, but it was January and she's like, okay, it's a new year. Um, you got to get on the scale. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't have to do that. It's you. She's like, if you want your medicine, you got to get on the scale. I go, dang, she's serious. Okay. So I walk over there and I get on the scale, Brian, and the scale said 218 pounds. Mm. And just so y'all know, I'm five, five. So I got off the scale and I looked directly at her and I said, I have one of these at the gym. You need to recalibrate that. It's wrong. Yeah. So she did. She recalibrated it right in front of me. I got back on there and funny thing, it still said 218 pounds. Mm-hmm. I had tears. I had, uh, I, <laughs> you walk into the office, then she takes your blood pressure. My blood pressure is off the charts. Yeah. It was, it was, um, a long drive home. There was some good talks with myself. There was, um, screaming there. There was every emotion you could possibly, bring out that I had probably squashed for the last nine years all came out on that one day. Yeah. And it took all of that to bring me back around to myself. Yeah. And that day I decided I was going to go back and do the things I knew that worked for me prior to the diagnosis. Even if those things meant, you know, I was on a regular workout regime, which they told me would stress my system, which would cause you know, um, a flare up. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just going to go back to doing me. I'm going to be me. And if it works great, if it doesn't, I'll have a flare up and I'll know. Yeah. So this is what I love so much about your story is this very clear moment of trusting yourself again. Like you had nine years of seeking the answer from someone else and they weren't there for you. It wasn't coming through. And and all the self-doubt in your wellness, but then all the self-doubt in your profession because of how you felt about your weight and what people were saying or thinking or what you thought they were. And then it it takes this like extreme truth moment and it all comes out and then you trust yourself again. Like yep. when you told me about it, I was like, I just felt like this unloading and this like, okay, actually... I'm really capable. I'm really smart. I know my body. I always have. And I'm going to go with that. And if I'm wrong, I'll know. Yep. It's just like this clear and, and maybe I'm maybe I'm putting more energy into it than than there was at the time. But it's like I told you before we recorded, like you look strong. Yes. And I feel like it's this moment of strength and trust in yourself again. 
which is exactly. such a beautiful thing to hear. Exactly. And, and that was, like I said, when every emotion came out, all of them, every single emotion came out and it led me back to, you know, just do you, Yeah. you, you know, you, I know me way better than any doctor does. Yeah. Just do you. And I'll tell you what, my system, it took three months before my system actually responded and I started to lose some weight. Yeah. It took three months. It was like my system was, was going, wait, is she serious? You really going to do that? You're going to try again? I don't know what it was thinking, but it took three months. But it wasn't just the three months. Like you told me you weren't in the U.S. when it happened. Like when you noticed it. And I think that's a piece of it. The very first 10 pounds that left happened when I was visiting my mom who lives in Mexico. And I really believe that those 10 days being able to just turn off all the stressors of everything, you know, the fact that I'd been, you know, working out hard for three months without a flare up, but yet no results as far as the scale goes, getting away from the pressures of the gym and the, you know, the judgments, being able to just be on a sleep schedule where I could just wake up when my eyeballs wanted Mm. to wake up and hanging out with my daughter under no stressors whatsoever. I think my, that reset the whole thing for me. Yeah. And, and the other thing I call is like none of the community that you felt judgment from real or in your head or a mix of the two, everything I was saying, like to Mexicans, you just look like every other American. Like we're a little bit big. Nobody, but we're yeah. a little bit big. Nobody knows me down yeah, there. Yeah. Yep. There was, there was no judgment. It was just, um, 10 days of bliss, happiness, visiting with happy, friendly people that didn't know me before I got down there. Yeah. They didn't know any different. Right. And they liked me for who I was. See, and who loses weight on vacation? So that's why for me, it's like, it's the power of the setting change and the freedom from all these things you're talking about. It's like, it, it's all the weight, everything is just pent up in you. Yeah. And you had that moment three months prior to this where it all came out and then free yourself from the chains of the situation. And it really kicks in. Uh, absolutely. Cause as soon as I got back, it was, it was like the floodgates opened up Yeah, and you could, the, the clients, my trainers, people out on the streets. I mean, anywhere I went, people were like, well, you look good. Their polite way of saying, Oh, you've lost some weight. Yeah. Right. Um, so to, to date, we're down those 70 pounds That's awesome. working on a few more and, and we're strength training hard. We're hard, intense cardio, you know, four or five times a week. We're back to eating the way that I know I need to eat for me, getting the sleep. I need to need to sleep, but not 10, 12, 14 hours a day. And just listening to what my body needs. My body craves that workout. Yeah. Reeves that workout. Yeah. And on the weekends when I, I take my rest days intentionally, I find myself sometimes going, Hmm, wonder if I could just make it in for a quick workout. Yeah, I know yeah. better. I don't, but, but it's a complete 180 degree turn. Yeah. And how's your energy? It's, it's out the roof. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. I cannot even imagine going home and doing the routine I had before, you know, l- literally I would pick up my kiddo from school I, no lie, bad parenting 101. We'd put a movie on. Yeah. And and I I'd, I'd have a nap. I'd go to sleep and I'd cook maybe the not as healthiest dinner as I could because I was tired and get her fed up and 
I was in bed by eight o'clock. She might've been in bed, but watching TV, but yeah. I was in bed by eight o'clock yeah. and, and that's not, that's not good parenting. Well, so I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that with you because <laughs> I, and I get why you're saying it. Um, we, we go through that in this household as well where, you know, like my wife, like, Oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything today or I didn't amount to anything. I'm like that you get to stop because you were there for your kid with everything that is hitting you from a wellness standpoint, from an energy standpoint, from everything else, you're still there for her. And you did the best that you could do with some serious uh, headwinds working against you. And judging yourself for that is not help. That's not going to help you overcome it. And I know you don't do that today, but, and I get why in the moment, but there's also, there's people who are listening and like, oh, I'm the worst parent or I'm the, and like, that's a really all-encompassing comment, and we don't have to feel that way. We're doing the best we can do. Now, where's the path to, like you did, unlocking a bit of your own self-trust, self-empowerment to see those moments where you can do more of what you wish you were doing? Yes. I I agree with you, and thank you. I uh, I, I have heard through some family friends, if you will, and acquaintances of people who have gone through drug addiction mm. that, that it takes you hitting absolute rock bottom yeah. before you can pull yourself. Now I have no personal experience with that. I can't speak to that, but I can speak to that moment that flipped for me in mm. January, 2019, that that was my rock bottom. Yeah. I know what that felt like for me and I don't ever want to feel that again. Was there, was there a number that wouldn't have done that to you? Like, was there a number you had in your head that would have been acceptable? Um, well, I know when I pushed the 200 mark, I was like, Oh, Hmm. Well, that's not good. We should probably work on that. Yeah. But, but it, it wasn't enough. Yeah. It like it, it sounds horrible to say out loud, but it wasn't, it, it didn't do it. Yeah. And, uh, and then you know, I, I didn't have to get on the scale for quite some time. And that next time was that 218. And that was like, I didn't feel any different, if yeah. you will, size-wise, between the last time I had to get on the scale at the doctor's office. Yeah. And so I, I expected it to be right around that same old number, that Not same 200-ish number. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so that's funny that you mentioned that. I never thought of it that way. I, I don't know what number would have been that, oh, God, I can't go past that. Yeah. Right? Um, I just didn't realize it was growing that fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so I ask, um, mainly cause it, for myself, like there wasn't a number, I was never happy with it, but there was never a number that scared me straight, so to speak. And right. then I just stopped playing myself. Like once I hit 248, I just stopped. And that's, yeah. I, I don't know how heavy I actually got, but that was four or five years before I had started losing weight. So I probably was closing in on three, somewhere in the high twos. I don't know. Makes sense. But I wonder like, okay, instead of avoiding it, what if I had seen it? Would it, I don't know that for me, that would have been the wake up call. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, it's something for all of us to think about is like, if we're living in a way that isn't in accordance with how we want to be, where's the where does the wake up call lie for some maybe it's the weight for some it's not because it's not like you don't know maybe it's not as you know you, you don't realize it's as bad as it is but what if it was like 198 would you have been like oh i'm okay and then oh i'm sure i would have been yeah. like we're hey we're still in the one somethings yeah we're 
we're, we're okay. We, right. Like there's a threshold where like we can justify. It's like, yeah, that's not ideal, but like I'll, I'll get back. I'll get there one strong. day. Yeah. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, maybe uh, asking for some of the the people who are listening like, well, but I'm not at that point. Well, then what is the point? You know, when the doctor's like, you could have a heart attack in the next five years versus you could have one in the next year. Is it is it the four-year difference? Is that the wake up? Right. Uh, and I, I hate to say that cliche of, you know, why wait till then? But holy smokes, if, if yeah. you know you're not giving it 110% each day, we know right from wrong when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to the fact we should be exercising or we should be getting more sleep. As a general human being, you know right from wrong. Yeah. You know if you're making good choices or not. If there's more room in your life for you to make a few more good choices, are you, are you waiting, like you just said, are you waiting yeah. for that doctor to tell you, okay, well, that heart attack could come this year or in the next five years, or we could put it off altogether. Yeah. What, what, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Like it, it, That old, you know, saying life's too short. I'll tell you what, man, I wasted almost 10 years yeah. in, in a spiral that I was out of control. I think one of the things that's hitting me right now is like you were for for many of us that battle the similar situation from a weight standpoint it's because we're making lots of bad choices despite knowing better for you you had to stop making good choices because the medical advisors you were turning to were like those those good choices are hurting you you need to stop you so you were following medical orders supposedly to save you and it was right. leading, so it was almost like it's a different kind of struggle. It's like, it's not the struggle with like the, uh, the addiction to the food or, or the, you know, maybe you had some of the same emotional drivers that a lot of us have that lead us to eat more or, but the well, sedentary side of it, for me, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't because a doctor was telling me move less. Right. You know, and for you, it's like, but this is supposedly what's going to save me. So yep. uh, it's, it's really it, interesting it, it, struggles. It was a huge struggle yeah. because that, that's who I was. I was, I was, you know, intentional movement 101. That was me. Let's move. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I was told, you know, you have to heal from the inside out and you can't cause any stressors because it'll cause a flare. I'm like, okay, so how do, how do I do that? Can I go for a walk? Well, yeah. <laughs> if it's a nice, easy, you know, stroll kind of walk, I'm like, oh my goodness. What? So I've gone, go ahead. Uh, oh, I'm just, I'm curious what the heal from the inside out. What is the... What is it you're healing? Because your thyroid's gone. Your body already destroyed it. So what, like, what is it? Is it just like you're overdoing it and you need to just relax and let your body recover from like being like, like too hard of a workout, like let it recover? Or is there something, what is it they're talking about healing? They could not get my antibody levels to calm down. Okay. And, and also my, for lack of a better term, my inflammation markers to calm down. Okay. So my C so CRP numbers yep. and inflammation and the antibodies were just out of control. Yeah. Now, mind you, it, it took a few doctors in before somebody actually ultrasounded my throat to see if my thyroid was there or not. <laughs> so the first ones that were telling me all that information of, you know, just heal from the inside out. It was actually like, we're trying to save your thyroid. There you go. Mm, okay. But, but they could have. You know, you could palpate, you can feel it, or, you know, you could have ordered an ultrasound, but yeah. they didn't. Do you think it was gone by then already? I believe it was. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how to self 
palpate from a medical per, you know profession, but I was like oh, trying to find it. I'm like poking on my daughter. No, yeah, I can find yours, but I can't find mine. But it's like such a sudden onset of issues. That's kind of why I was like, there had to be a point where it just suddenly like the scales had flipped too far. Like you, because yeah. it, it came on pretty strong. It came on really, and looking back, I I bet there were signs and signs and symptoms. Yeah, you know, prior in that probably six months prior. Yeah, but as as you know, as an athlete now, when you get focused on something, you're driving for it. Yeah, right. So if if I look back, I bet that my system was telling me, you know, something was happening, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I wasn't listening to it. But your body will shut you down. I'll tell you what, when it can only take so much and it will shut you down. Yeah. It's really tricky, that balance between, no, my body's okay, my mind is what's tired, and I need to show my mind that my body's all right, and I just need to push through this mental barrier I've hit, versus the times when, like, no, your body really has had it, and your mind's, like, actually late to the party to realize that, right. and you need to stop. Yeah, exactly. And and you're... Uh, if you push that far, yeah. it, it'll shut you right down. You have no choice. Yeah. It will make you listen. Yeah. Michelle, where are you at today? And I don't mean weight-wise. I mean, like, mindset, um, lifestyle. That Because just scheduling stuff with you, and not that I'm easy, but you go. And I was saying to you, like, so you wished me a happy birthday. No, it wasn't that. You, well, you did, but it was uh, you thanked me for connecting with some people. I hadn't even woken up yet, and you're three hours behind me, and I get up really early. It's like, what the, you know, I'm like, you you go hard. So where are you at from an energy standpoint, from a, the, your self-empowerment, that the trust? Like, are you back? Are you still, is there is there a piece of you that's like, but my body still did this to me? Like, we're, I don't want to give you that idea. Um, <laughs> but like, where, I, I am where are you so at today? beyond that. Yeah. I, I am, I feel like I'm, leaps and bounds over where I was when I was actually diagnosed. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that I felt this good in 2010. Hmm. The, the extra boost of energy, if you want to call that. And the reason that I get up so early is because I make time to fit my workout. in. I've learned for myself, if I wait and do it, when I get a cancellation at the gym or I put it at the end of my day, I won't feel like doing it. Yeah. And, and so I just, I just know that about myself. So I made sure I get up early. I can get my workout in and train my clients. And, and then I enter my second job, which is my newfound source of energy, which is my podcast, which started because I want to share amazing people's stories, just like mine, just like yours, because somebody's going to hear it and somebody's going to know, Oh my gosh, it's okay. So look, somebody else did it. I, I, if I can do it, you did it. Yeah you know, we, we, we can inspire and motivate others. And so I work at the gym, I train my clients and I work on the podcast after that. And then I head home, spend some time with my kiddo, get up the next morning, do it again. And to plug it, the podcast is. Thanks. The podcast is your 365, which, um, goes hand in hand with do a day. Like there's no tomorrow. I think we have similar, um, focuses, you know, within our, our podcast, which makes our connections, um, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When, when, uh, I saw the premise of it, I was like, oh, I, I, like, I have to go on that. Um, and I love the show. Obviously like 
I, I should, because if I didn't, then maybe I need to hang up my mic, but um, it's awesome. No. And you, you do, I think because you come from that firsthand place, there's a connection with your guests that I feel like you can feel on the listening side. Um, it's an awesome, people should right. obviously like I'll link to it, but people should listen to it. And if you're listening to this one, you should also, also listen to that one because it's in the same vein and you're going to get something out of it. We don't have all the same guests, but we will have a few overlapping we in, will in the near have, future. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> um, no, it's awesome. I love your show. I genuinely, genuinely love your show. Uh, well, and, and just incredible. so that your audience knows that I am a do a day listener, like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Like I I'm get live back- texts from you while you're listening to <laughs> episodes. <laughs> yes, you you're, oh my God. She just said this. Yeah. <laughs> that that's for real. That's, that's legit. And a lot of times that's actually during my workout. Wow. Um, hopefully you're in a safe place where you don't have to worry about balance or anything. <laughs> and someone yell at me. They're like, they said like, keep on pedaling brother. I'm like, Oh, I'm actually on the bike right now. They're like, stop, stop texting me then and pedal faster. <laughs> there you go. It was a stationary bike. Um, oh, no, that, I love, yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, no, it's really cool to, I mean, you know, you know why we do this. It's that impact. And so to hear from someone who's feeling it in the moment is like just ultimate validation that like, okay, there's a reason why, like you're saying, make the space for it because this energizes you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I I don't know. I can't speak that if I didn't have the podcast this year that I would have the same energy. I I, I don't know because I do have it and yeah. it, I I wake up wanting to share somebody's story Mm -hmm. and, and that gets me through my workout, through my training day at the gym and ready to get over, you know, to the mic and, and talk to somebody and, and inspire and motivate our peeps. Yeah. It is really, uh, it's invigorating completely. Yeah. Totally Um, addicting. Yeah. Good addiction though. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're awesome. I am so thankful that we got connected. So Shout out to Adam Shively for having yes. this podcaster mind group that we both happen to be in. Um, yeah, I, I, I was very thankful to be on your show, but I've just loved getting to know you and your story. And there's a, a very real realness to it. If that's not overusing the same word too much. Um, nope. yeah, no, it's awesome. And I know like there are people who are genuinely struggling with this on a regular basis the weight side, the uh, autoimmune side, the judgment side, we all struggle with that, whether it's real or in mm-hmm. our heads or it's probably a mix. Um, and I just, I appreciate how open you've been with that. Well, thank you. Like I said in the beginning, um, you, you got all the details, even the ones that I hadn't put out there in my first episode of my podcast, you, you got them all. And you know what? It felt really good to get them all out there and, and share the whole thing from start to finish. Good. Um, that makes me happy. And I'm, I have to say, I'm blown away what you've achieved since January from a a wellness standpoint, not just the fitness side, but more holistic than that or more 360, um, or 365. (laughs) Very good. But it's, uh, it's 70 pounds in that amount of time and the level of fitness, you didn't just drop weight. You also got back quite a bit of your fitness and it's really impressive that is a a lot to do in what is materially not a lot of time it kind of goes to show you if you put your mind to it yeah and it it speaks volumes to consistency yeah 
you know, not, not every day is a hundred percent in the gym. Not every day is a hundred percent on your nutrition, Yeah. but if you can bring a hundred percent of what you have, that's a whole lot better than not showing up at all. Yeah. Well, obviously I agree. Yeah. Um, that's what makes this one easy is like, it's just a lot of yes. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we connect. So yeah. you, you and I, we we're on that cosmic highway. Yeah, for sure. Um, Michelle, you are amazing. I will link to the show. Where else can people find you and catch up on what you're working on? On Facebook at your three sixty five podcast, same at Instagram. And you can check the website, which is your three sixty five podcast. It's kind of, you know, we kept it general so nobody would forget anything. And the same. Doing these yes. shows like putting in people's social and like each one of your accounts is a different name. Right. Yeah, yeah no. It's, it's hard to it's, follow. It's hard for me to follow. So I'm like, <laughs> we're just going to keep them all the same. I can't remember how to log in to all these different sites and whatever. So I have to keep it the same for me. Yes. But, well, thank God my computer remembers my passwords. Yeah, yeah. I'll just leave that right there. <laughs> um, you're amazing. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna ask you to join me closing it out in a second. But I just want to give you space if there's anything else that I feel like we covered the pieces of your story that resonated with me, but it's not my story. It's yours. So is there something we're not doing justice to or hitting on that you feel is really important to come out? One thing maybe. Yeah. I know when, when you hear somebody else's success story, it's easy to think, Oh my gosh, it was easy for them. Or I could never do that. Or yeah, look, Brian did it, but well, I can't. And it's really easy to hear somebody else say, you can do it. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's not it either, but you have to show up every day. You have to put the effort in to make the changes, even as small as they start or as big as changes as you want, but you have to show up every day with game ready and ready to play. And like I said earlier, you don't have to be a hundred percent every day, but you have to come to the game. That's awesome. Um, it took to the end of the episode for me to have a clear quote to put in the intro, but I think that's it. And we'll see when I actually do it, people listening to be like, that's not what he used. We'll see. <laughs> I, think, I think that's going to be it. Okay. Um, oh, that is so true. That's so true. That's awesome. I always say, I was saying it to someone today, like the grass is not green anywhere. We look around and we're like, oh yeah, but they have it so easy or, but she owns her own gym. It's oh like, gosh. Uh, yeah. I hear that one all the time. Yeah. Which all the time. Yeah. Well, how good did, did what good did that do me in the nine years? Yeah. Like if they're I not listening to the rest of the, the other 44 minutes of this or whatever, <laughs> right. that was kind of working against it. That was part right. of what brought the darkness in. You bet it was. Yeah. You bet it was. So you had yeah. access to equipment, but that's yeah. not good enough. That that wasn't the problem. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. You're, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh, um, Brian, having me. No, I'm really, I'm honored to be the first time you get to share your story like that. So thank you. Um, and now the, the hardest part of the whole thing, you ready to help me close it out? I'm ready. You're super prepared. <laughs> Today's a new day. Go out and do it. Don't wait. Do it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks, Brian. Is she not awesome? I feel like I say this exact thing the end of every episode is so-and-so not awesome but is she not awesome she's awesome michelle's incredible it's this moment right it's this moment that she has where she comes back around to herself in january and finds herself again 
she listened to her body. And yeah, she needed that kick, but maybe we don't all need that. You know, maybe we can take these episodes, these messages as that inspiration to pause and say, am I going to wait until it's at that point that I need a kick in the face? Or am I going to do this for myself? Am I going to listen to and trust myself enough to know what I need? And if it's not working, that's okay. I can redirect. What's holding you back? Is it the shame of potentially failing and having people see that? Is it the shame that if it doesn't work out and you do have to redirect, people will know and they'll judge you for it? Maybe. Maybe that's a fear that won't play out. Maybe you need to surround yourself with different people. But either way, ultimately, you know better what you need. Not anybody else. You just have to trust the source and believe your body, your mind, know what it takes to get you where you want to go. That's the secret to doing a day. It's the secret to having your 365 each and every day adding up together to create a year that moves you ahead and another one and another one, just like the journey that Michelle is on. Make sure you check out her podcast. Thank you for listening to this one. And make sure that you go check out the 5075-100 solution. It's such an important book. I can't wait to share this message with everybody. It's all about how we can make our toughest relationships work better for us. 5075-100.com, 5075-100.com. I will be a broken record on this one until it's in as many hands as it can possibly be in, which is not a good goal because it's not specific. It is sort of time-bound because it's through eternity until it reaches this point. But I haven't defined the point, so what does that mean? It means it's having an impact, and I'll know it when I feel it. Not a great goal in terms of the rules that I talk about, but I know in my heart exactly what that will look like, and I'm going to keep pushing for it. So hopefully you help in getting it to that point. All right, we're going to stop there. Have an amazing day. 364 other amazing ones after it. And then you start it again with another year of going out and doing it. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.